I was going to say, do you want to say it or should I? Say what? Hey, show! Hey, show! I know how much you love that. Yeah, I do. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy. That's that's very weird. Well, no, no, it's kind of it's familiar is what I mean. It's, you know, it's mm. it's comforting because I hear it so regularly from Mr. Jim Briggs. Pants or no pants. <laughs> now I want to make a movie poster. <laughs> Mr. Jim Briggs, pants or no pants. Of course, the poster the he would be wearing pants. Is that pants. the movie he's starring in or is that yeah, like yeah. his catchphrase? <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking it's the movie he's starring so, in. Yeah. So it's Mr. Jim Briggs in Pants or No Pants? I don't I was thinking the whole thing would be the name, like like 007 Goldeneye. And and so you have like him in a suit or something, but then the bottom half of the suit, one leg has pants and the other leg just has boxer shorts or something. Is that No, I I think <laughs> uh I don't I don't I want think, to represent this visually now that I oh, think okay. about it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll just cut him off at the waist and leave it up to the viewers. Um, yeah. I think that's a better way to do it. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yep. Otherwise it's kind of pants and no pants, I guess, if you're showing one leg with each. Right. We're but, talking about the Schrodinger's cat of pants here. Yeah. And also the fact that we're even talking about this is pretty weird. <laughs> Jim's well, gonna be like, you know, what in are you these uncertain about my pants times. Habits for. <laughs> Well, he's not here to defend himself. Well, he talks about it so much. It's not like he can blame us for talking about it too. This is true. But I mean, I mean, we just keep having these crossovers and I, I cannot understand why the only <laughs> tech reformation host to ever grace the lightest form of flogging is Ben Rubin. Like, cause he's volunteered. Come on guys. <laughs> why don't have some reason. German listeners on from time to time? <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Hey, hey, you shoot, uh, you shoot to me or Jim a, uh, a message. I mean, we're, we're pretty much desperate to get anybody on at this point. <laughs> I, not I that, really not enjoy that, listening uh, to Ben, actually. That's also strangely comforting. Hearing hmm. Ben fight with people that I'm not either having to side with him or trying to work out whether I want to side with him is kind of, is, is <laughs> similarly comforting and familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So anyway, so, um, should we get into it? I, I want to know if you've gotten any new computers or iPads because I know for the longest time, like this is a saga for you. Yeah, it is. It's really tied up in fi- family finances, though. We, we, it's all tied to budgeting, which is a really boring topic. But we, when we first got married, did a budget in a spreadsheet, like just an Excel spreadsheet, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that forever for like the longest time, probably ten years of our marriage was that was our budget, and we maybe looked at it every year or two and kind of went, <laughs> oh yeah, it's pretty much the same. Um, and then we, once we had more than one kid, we sort of went, all right, we need to do this properly. Um, and Ben and Derek had both recommended YNAB. So we got ourselves on YNAB, uh, towards the end of last year. So now we're being a lot more intentional about our savings and we've got buckets for, we need a new car because my son's disability stroller doesn't fit in either of our current cars very well at all. Like we have to cram it in there and the thing's worth about $7,000 or something. So, um, it's not good to break it. Uh, and then... We uh, need a new iMac and well, I would like a new iMac. It would be very good because I can't operate. I can't update the operating system on this one anymore. It won't let me. Mm. And uh, we need a new iPad because my iPad mini is like four years old. And again, the operating system is out of date, but no, Mm. I haven't bought any of those things yet. Uh, The car we're kind of waiting on my cars on the market, but no one's coming to look at cars during COVID-19. Go figure. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) You could do a uh, a virtual walkthrough of the car. Yeah. That might actually get you something because somebody could be a little, a little more certain that they want to buy the thing before they see it, you know? Yeah. 
Hey, do you know it's been so long since I podcasted that I forgot I actually needed to wear headphones on my head? Oh my goodness. Have I, have you been hearing me in your mic this whole time? Probably. Yes. I'm going to cry. Well, except that my mic faces away from the um, iMac and my speakers haven't been up very loud. Yeah. So. Interestingly, I haven't heard me from you, but I know that like Skype is pretty good at making that happen. It's also now fixed. It's not, it's not an issue. Don't worry, David, just pretend that never happened. Uh, yep. Well, listeners, the <laughs> echo up until this point that you may have heard is caused was by my Craig. Fault. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I'm not going in and fix. I'll fix it in the obvious spots, but I'm not about to go in gu- there and like go full Jim the, Briggs on the audio. Use the guide track, man. I may do that. I uh, may anyway. do that. So yeah, no, we, I looked to get, looked at it again this week and actually got my wife to sit down with me and we were trying to toss up between, uh, cause I've got a, a nice, um, like monitor. And I, so I was trying to work out, uh, do we just go with a Mac mini and spec it up a bit mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and then use that as our main, uh, family PC, which could actually mean we could even plug it into our 4k UHD TV if we wanted to, <laughs> like if we wanted mm-hmm. to run it that way. Um, and or do we do we get another built-in iMac? And so that's kind of the discussion we're having. But we think it's probably by the time you spec up a Mac Mini, you can get a a similarly spec iMac for around the same price, and then you don't have the thing of if you want to, you know, then then it can just sit it re- realistically. It's going to sit in one spot. So um, the other thing to look at is the MacBook Air. They start lower than the iMacs. And honestly, if you put 16 gigs in it and just planned on using uh, like some sort of an external storage device uh-huh. um, for, you know, backup and, and, you know, off, off, off machine storage, um, you could probably get something for like 1300. I guess this also depends on if you're going used. Yeah. Um, Cause if you're going used, then you can save a whole bunch of money by buying like a used iMac or uh Mac, oh, sorry, uh, uh, Mac mini. The only used iMacs I've found though, are like more than three years old. Mm. Um, like the vast majority of them and the ones that aren't look like they're basically a similar price to buying a current one. So, uh, it's kind of, I've kind of steered away from that and gone towards new. Check but the, yes, uh, check I the, the MacBook Air and notice the price was a lot lower. Check the Geekbench specs because uh, like CPUs haven't changed that much in the last three years, and you may yeah, find that like you're you know if you got a maxed out three year old iMac uh, on in terms of CPU, you might find that the performance between that and like a mid level current iMac is no different, uh, or you might even find that it's faster. Yeah, I think you said that uh, last time we spoke about it. So that's also in play as well, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, my I dad mean, I'm t- uh, just a lot got, of the ones uh, I've seen are like 2012, 2013. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's too old. <laughs> that's <laughs> what this just, one is that I'm currently on 2013. Right. That's, say. that's a lateral, uh, yeah. as they say in American football. Um, yeah. a lot of, uh, no, sorry, that's not what I was going to say. One is. That's even mm. older. My dad just got a, he upgraded from a 2014 MacBook pro to a 2020 MacBook air with, uh, I think he grabbed the high end model in terms of like, they have the, the starter model and then the high end model. And then he put 16 gigs of Ram in it. Um, mm-hmm. and he's using that with DaVinci Revol- resolve to do video editing. Okay. Uh, he's not doing 4k he's doing 1080p, but he says yeah. it's working just fine. He, uh, cause the literally like five days after it arrived, he, uh, the MacBook pro 13 inch came out and I told him, I was like, you're still within your return period. If you wanted to go to the 13 inch MacBook pro, it has a good keyboard. Now he's like, I can't like 
you know, I can't think of a reason to do that. It's fast enough. So, um, fair enough. Those airs are no slouches. Hmm. I just, I've always been a bit weirded out by the whole idea of no disk drive. Um, but th- those are becoming so antiquated that it's probably not an issue anymore. Wait, what, what disk drive are you talking like about? Like CD drive, sorry, DVD drive. You can't buy one with a CD drive. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like, okay. I, I always used to. When, I thought you, you were know, holding like, out. No, like my iMac and my MacBook Pro both had a DVD drive built into them. And the, one of the hallmarks of the iPad Air was it was like, it was like two or three USB ports and nothing else when they first came out. Um, and I was like, I want a DVD drive because I used to actually have to make DVDs and burn DVDs, you know, out of right, like, right. Adobe Encore and stuff like that. Light this. them on fire. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I just need, like, I was like, you know, we, we've got some DVDs that are region specific that we can't play on our Blu-ray player. So, um, yeah, anyway, mm. so I've you can, kind of thought that you can just handy. get a little $20 by now. Probably I have like a, I think I, I think I got it for like 25, 30 bucks, just mm. a USB Blu-ray player. Um, yeah. and I haven't used it in the last four years. Yeah. Well, the weirdest thing I was looking through. Uh, so I want to talk to you briefly about what you've been doing in lockdown other than work. Cause I know you work from home. So that's mm. probably a big part of it. Um, I, this is before we get into our main topic, but but um, I have done something I never ever thought I'd do. On a whim, I bought a, a decent set of colored pencils, um, hmm. like oil based colored pencils, and mm-hmm. decided. Uh, shout out to Paul Cox at Reftoons. I downloaded his digital uh, digital coloring book or whatever it is PDF of his coloring book anyway. Hmm. Um, and I've been just uh, yeah coloring his pictures while I'm watching TV at night. It's kind of therapeutic. Um, I never thought adult coloring was a actually a relaxing thing. I always kind of thought it would just be another thing to do that then you feel like you have to do more of, or you should do more of, but, um, I don't do it every night. It's every now and then, and it's been kind of fun. Mm. Um, I actually can't remember how I got onto this train of thought. That's really annoying. That, that's also a Saturday morning thing. <laughs> we were talking about oh DVD. Yeah. So when I went to buy these pencils, the place I bought them from uh, I went into the my orders section to see when it was going to be delivered because obviously delivery times are off off kilter because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And there's an order in there for $129 or something, $120 from four years ago for an Apple Super Drive, like just, <laughs> just the DVD drive. And I'm like, I never got that. I don't know why I would have ordered that. I've never needed it. <laughs> and, and no one else has bought anything weird from this account, like with my account details or anything. But I'm like, so what happened? I got it delivered apparently to my parents' address. And they wouldn't need one either because they've both got PC laptops with disk drives <laughs> in them. I was like, I don't know what, I, did I actually spend $120 on this? And did it go to them and they just haven't told me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure they would have told me if something arrived with my name on it, but it's pretty weird. I wonder anyway, if that's not a case of like that data accidentally got dumped in your account, but it's somebody probably. else's order. Yeah, probably. Um, I should probably tell them about that. But anyway, mm. um, what have you been doing in lockdown for funsies? You know, we don't really go anywhere. Uh, not in lockdown. So <laughs> not a so lot has changed. The same as every other day. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I record flogging with, uh, with Jim. Yeah. I, uh, I've been working a lot on relight. Uh, yep. that's, uh, I saw that even Baptist documents coming. Yeah. Are you feeling yeah. Okay? I'm actually hoping to get those out this weekend. I don't know when this episode is going to go live. Have you got uh, a temperature hoping- or something? Is it, are you really, are you sure you want to do that? They're, uh, they're reformed Baptist <laughs> as, uh, as reformed as it can get. Cool. Hey, it's so, pretty reformed. Uh, 
It's more reformed than baptizing babies. It's a hangover from Catholicism. But anyway, <sighs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come <sighs> <on>. <laughs> Dave um, is trying to work out. David's trying to work out if he can let that go through to the keeper. And now David's trying to work <laughs> out if he can understand cricket analogies. <laughs> I definitely cannot understand your analogies about crickets. Um, <laughs> no, I don't cheap, think cheap. I've really been doing anything interesting. No. No. Are you, so uh, what is the state of play in the US at the moment? I, I sort of followed it a bit early on, but I've lost track of Donald Trump's uh, rantings and ravings. Basically, when he started talking about injecting us or, you know, could we, could we try <laughs> disinfectant and shining a light inside people? That's what I was like. Oh dear. Oh yeah. Uh, so the federal Don't do government, either of those things, people it's dangerous. The federal <laughs> government isn't really enforcing much of anything. As far as I know, it's basically left to the States, which is weird because we don't do that with hardly anything anymore. Uh, even though that's like how the whole constitution thing was supposed to go anyway. Uh, so here in Colorado, uh, where I presently live, um, we are in, we've gotten out of shelter in place, which is like all these businesses have to be closed and we've moved to safer at home, which is like most of these businesses have to be closed. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and I, I don't, I don't quite understand the difference. Uh, but we don't really have any idea when that's going to end. It, it could stretch into June. So, mm-hmm. and what, but like, so do you know nationally number of new cases per day or, or oh, no, I, I really haven't been paying too close attention to that. Okay. So I'm going to look it up because I'm just interested, uh, in a comparison, Colorado, COVID. this is really interesting. Um, radio for people. Uh, yep. yep. <clears throat> so in Colorado, the, New cases per day as of three hours ago. Woo! So Colorado alone has had 944 deaths. Wow. So that's more than this, more than I think the Australian death count. Um, like all of Australia? Crikey. Yeah. Did you just say crikey? I might have. That's so authentic. Hold um, on. Australia? <laughs> Wait, why aren't you on Worldometer? We are. Oh, there we are. You have a total of 614 deaths. You're right. Colorado has yeah. more deaths than all of Australia due yeah. to coronaviruses. Although due to coronavirus. Although there is no way of knowing like what your metric of like uh you know, a person got run over by a bus and there but he had COVID-19. So Yeah, we no, call- I think it's people who've been in hospital like in isolation in um intensive care and then have passed away from it. I think that's how or in hospital in some form and then passed away from it. Right. And I and um, the, it's it's pretty unclear from there's not like a from what I understand, a very unified standard for defining what constitutes. And it is kind of foggy when you think about it, because this guy was 87 years old. He already had these five conditions. He was probably going to die in the next year, but coronavirus is what put him over the edge. Like, do you count that? Probably, but it's sort of uh, maybe misleading depending on what you're expecting the numbers to do for you. Like it's a jig or give you information. (laughs) Okay, so I actually, you guys don't seem to record your stats in the same way as we do, or at least I can't um, find them easily. But so we have had in South Australia where I live, we've had uh, one case in the last two weeks. So we had 14 days straight with no new cases. Mm -hmm. And then we had one case and then we had no new cases again yesterday. So... uh, given that 14 days is kind of what they say the incubation period is, I guess 
we're hoping that restrictions, well, I think they're talking about starting to lift some restrictions um, as of this coming Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Saturday now where I am. Um, and it's really been, you know, it's been basically work from home if you can. Uh, if you have to go to work, then you can go to work. Uh, only one person per household to go to the shops uh, is what they've been recommending. Mm. And a lot of, yeah, a lot of like, I mean, cafes and restaurants, and all that, a lot of those businesses have just closed. Um, gyms have closed, I'm pretty sure. Like, So, yeah, so it's kind of been a lot of things closed. The essential services obviously still open. Um, and retail to a degree open, but really the essential retail like groceries. Um, mm. So, yeah, so some of that. And like I think we've had gatherings of like in public no more than two people. So we can go for a walk as our family unit with me and my wife and my two kids. Uh, we, But if you were to meet someone else to go for a walk, it can only be you and them, one other person. And then you have to um, have whatever it is, one and a half square meters, uh, one and a half meters in between you and them, so four square meters per, of space per person or something. Um, when you're gathering inside and get, yeah, it's all it's so confusing. I think the current thing is like I don't know. I, I just lose track of all the all the rules. Honestly, <laughs> so I think it's gatherings of ten, but you have to be spaced to certain like the four four square meter thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could be wrong about that. So, so I've just basically just been going to work and then coming home. That's it. I have not been anywhere else in the last maybe seven eight weeks, something like that. Oh, this is tests. What about cases? Cases per 1 million, you have per 1 million population, you have 271 cases. The United States has 3,991 cases per 1 million. Wowzers. Okay. Uh, And then similarly, you have four deaths per 1 million uh, Uh and we have 237 deaths per 1 million. And a large part of that is caused by New York and New Jersey. Yeah. Um... But then also, interestingly, like you guys are way behind on testing. Well, I guess... No, no, no. Again, South Australia's got one of the best testing regimens in the world. <laughs> like well, we've, we've managed got. to administer 8,611,000 and you have... Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I was misreading this. Yeah, so you're... No, well, yeah. So you're at 757,000. Yeah. But if we're going... Per capita, per, got a Yeah, huge. per million, you're at 29 and we're at 26. So... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think I could be wrong about this, but I, th- I think within Australia, the state I'm in has the, maybe has the highest testing rate or something like that, or one of the highest. Mm. So I've been, I guess what I'm saying is I've been pretty happy with how the South Australian government has handled things and how the Australian government in general has handled things. Um, but what I wanted to talk about today was the COVID transition, app, which is something that was announced a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think, and it's basically to help with contract contact tracing. So you can tell me if this is different in the US, but basically here, I think when someone finds out they've got uh, an active case, then uh, they get contacted by health authorities who then do a, a like a manual contact trace. So they ask that person, who have you been in contact with? Where have you been uh, over whatever period they need? They, they use, I don't actually know because I haven't been through the process myself. Uh, but then they try and I think manually contact all of those other people and say, look, you've been in contact with someone who's been confirmed. You need to isolate um, and, and get tested yourself, basically, I think is the process. So that's been going on and that's been the day-to-day for a long time now, for like a couple of months at least. But they have now launched COVID Safe, which my understanding is you download, they're encouraging all Australians to download and install it on their smartphones. And then I think it uses Bluetooth. So I'm assuming you have to have your Bluetooth connection just constantly open to the world. 
and it walks around as you walk around it um it has like a digital ID for every person. And so it swaps that ID information between the people that you come in contact with um, or close proximity to, <clears throat> and then stores that information. And then they, it's encrypted apparently, I think. And then they ask you. So if, if someone who you've been in contact with or, or you get it yourself, uh, they ask if they can pass that information on to the relevant people to notify them that they also need to get tested and, and isolate. Uh, so it's meant to speed up and automate some of that contact tracing stuff that is um, currently happening with phone calls, uh, which is obviously a bit slower and more um, human intensive, <laughs> work labor intensive. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I was talking to someone recently and just saying, you know, I'm pretty in general, I'm probably on the more trusting end of the spectrum when it comes to government. So, you know, we've had discussions about gun control in America versus Australia on this podcast in the past. We won't go down the road today, but I, I was I was perfectly happy with the gun amnesty that they set up <coughs> back in the 1990s to avoid more mass shootings, which has largely worked. Uh, and just in general, like I mean, I know no government is perfect. Politicians say things to get into office. Like, I get it. I, I understand all of that. Um, but I think in general, the Australian government, if you know when they make these big scale decisions, they're usually trying to do something good. Um, and so I kind of, I hear the, the, you know, encouragement to uh, get the app. Then I, I think I read something in passing that said that having your Bluetooth wide open all the time is maybe a security risk. Um, and then there's the whole thing of the government, just like a central body, which is different to like, obviously Facebook knows a whole stack about you and Google knows a whole stack about you. And, they both probably know similar things and they know where, you, where you've been if you have location services turned on and where you've been shopping and all that kind of thing online uh, and what you've been searching for. But this idea of this, the government as a central body having that information about where you've been and who you've seen or spoken to or whatever um, is just an interesting one to me that I was kind of like, hmm, what do I think about that? You know, that's a new, <laughs> that's a new scenario that I've not had before where the government is now pushing a digital thing to be installed on everyone's phone so that information can be tracked about whereabouts and stuff like that. Um, do you know if this is happening in the US or or uh, like have they even talked about going down this road? So there is in the iOS 13 point something point something beta, uh, which was released last week, the second uh, beta of which uh, was just released, I think, Tuesday of this week. Um, there is an update for iOS that integrates this technology somewhat similarly to how you're describing. Although truth be told, I don't quite understand each, each country seems to be, uh, implementing this a little bit differently. Um, and what you were saying about trusting the Australian government is kind of interesting to me because, uh, John Syracuse was saying, huh? It's interesting. Yes. Uh, John Syracuse on Accidental Tech Podcast was was pointing out how, uh, in his mind, unfortunate it is that uh, Americans are so uh, untrusting of their government relative to people Mm -hmm. in other nations throughout the world. So the main difference between what you have described and uh, how Apple and Google are implementing this is that no location data is actually shared at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the government doesn't have any access to the, uh, to the list of people that any particular phone has come into contact with, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. 
so the, the, the way that it works is, and it's actually kind of brilliant, but the way that it essentially works is my phone is constantly saying, you know, I'm this number, I'm this number, I'm this number, I'm this number. And if somebody's phone near me, hears it, they log that and say, Oh, I came into contact with this number. And that number has nothing to do with my phone. It has nothing to do with anything. And I think it even resets after 24 hours, but my phone has a log of all the numbers that it's been. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so if that, if that person goes to the doctor and gets, uh, cause this is the other difference that I noticed reading the article that you sent me, uh, mm-hmm. this doesn't take place, uh, on the basis of symptoms. There's nothing I can do to tell everybody, Hey, I got coronavirus, like to pr- play a prank or whatever. A medical yeah. professional has to be the one to initiate the, the broadcast that this device has, uh, has the disease, uh, okay. or has a carrier who has the disease. Uh, and so what I would, what that person would do is they would go to the doctor, they would get diagnosed, they would find out that they have it. And the doctor would ask them the same question that you were talking about. And if they say yes, essentially there's this giant blob of, uh, device, you know, device identifiers that have the thing. And my phone goes out and checks and says, Oh, device identifier, blah, blah, blah has the thing. And I came into contact with that one. Mm-hmm. But my phone is the only one that knows that because I mean, they, they I guess they kind of know that they came into contact with each other in some sense. But since my number is resetting every day, it's not like he could find me again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems extremely secure. I mean, I'm not an expert on uh, cryptography. I will link uh, NS hipster did a, uh, did an article on how exactly this works. And then that article also links to the white papers on why Apple thinks this is secure. Uh, and it's also interesting to see Google getting on board, mm-hmm. but this is baked directly into the operating system. So I don't need yeah, to install an app. I just need to yeah. turn something on in settings. And I think the plan is to be able to do this in the future for other diseases of this uh scale kind yeah okay um i mean i should clarify i just reading further while while you were chatting and that's helpful information um is that uh the abc is reporting that it doesn't collect your location the australian app so that's Mm -hmm. good um it basically says you sign up you enter your name age range postcode zip code and phone number um, and that creates an encrypted code that's shared over Bluetooth with the other apps that you come into close contact with. That's encrypted and stored on the app for 21 days, and then it's deleted. Um, mm-hmm. And then it makes a record of digital handshake, uh, and basically it's anonymous. Uh, but it does say that it's sending thing uh, like your phone's make and model data, uh, and the information about that is unencrypted. Uh, over Bluetooth, so mm-hmm. that kind of thing could be intercepted. And obviously, they're saying like that's probably for most people not a huge risk. Um, but it's just an interesting, <clears throat> it's an interesting sort of uh, position to be in. Even even that comparison, like how, you know, the government sort of having getting the app developed uh, sort of on their behalf and then pushing it out to everyone and promoting it on TV and and whatever. Uh, and the prime minister kind of saying everyone should get this. We need this many Australians to get it before we can really start easing restrictions or, or you know, that sort of messaging mm-hmm. um, compared to, yeah, like, so like private companies like Apple and Google just saying, well, we see this as valuable for uh, human health in general um, and looking after other people's health. And so we're just going to bake it into our devices so that you, I mean, I guess there's still a choice if you turn it on and off in settings, right? That's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. But, and at this point they're just kind of wondering, is this going to be enabled by default or is this going to be something that you have to like go in and enable? Cause a lot of people are concerned that if they make it the latter, that people just won't, 
yeah. just won't enable it. Uh, and they were saying that we need 60% of the population or more to, uh, to adopt it in order for it to actually be effective. Yeah. So this article that I was reading, I think said 40% of Australians, um, which is 10 million people. Uh, and I don't know where the numbers are up to at the moment. I think last I heard it was 3 million or 4 million or something had downloaded it. So have you downloaded it? Uh, do I want to incriminate myself with answering that question? Wait, is it illegal to not download it? <laughs> no, it's not illegal to not download is it. Is it illegal to I download, downloaded it? it? I haven't downloaded it yet, but I'm, I'm strongly thinking about it. Um, and th- I thinking, I'm actually thinking more and more that I, I probably will. Uh, mm. Because if it's not tracking location, then, and if it's deleted after 21 days, you know, uh, I was initially, I guess I didn't know much about it. I hadn't had time to do a lot of research. Um, and so it was more an in-principle thing. It wasn't a complete lack of trust of the Australian government that, that made me stop it downloading, downloading it on the day that I heard about it. Mm-hmm. It was more just like, I would like to know what this really does before I do that. Just because, <laughs> like I said, it's a unique situation. Uh, I've never had the government kind of say, hey, everyone should be on this thing. We really recommend everyone should be on it. Hey, you want it yet? You should be on this thing mm-hmm. uh, that we've developed. It just seemed, it seemed um, a little left field, but at the same time, pretty logical to not have all of that work being done by... Um, people in call centers making, you know, making phone calls every day. Um, right. And, and because also that, you know, then if someone asked me and I, you know, if I'd been doing a job like as a delivery driver or something like that, and, and someone asked me, who have you come into contact with in the last 14 days? I guess you'd have a logbook that says everything you've delivered, but you know, my job's pretty easy. I can go into to my office at work and there's a few other people in the same general office space. Mm-hmm. Um, but not many. And so it's pretty easy for me to list who I've been anywhere near. Um, right. Whereas I can imagine there'd be other people, people who work in supermarkets and stuff like that. And other people are walking up and down the aisles all the time. Like you can't possibly know in that sort of scenario, uh, every single person you've, who's walked past you or stood by you while they're looking for an item on the shelves or, um, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of sort of human error or, lack of memory that this will, I guess, try and counteract or remove from the equation, which is probably a good thing for everyone. If we're not relying on people going, Oh, well, I I can tell you exactly every person that I've (laughs) in the world who I've seen in the last 21 days or 14 days or whatever the time span is. So if they bake it into Apple or Google's operating systems, is it something that you would switch on without a, without a hassle? You know, I think it's something that I would switch on when I'm going out. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going out and I know I'm going to be in contact with a bunch of different people, like if I were, I mean, we, we don't have our church open right now, but I would probably turn it on to go to church once, once we're uh, able to meet yeah. again um, yeah. and then just keep it off most of the time and, and try, I could probably even set up a reminder or some sort of a push notification. Like whenever I'm leaving the house that would buzz me and say, Hey, remember to turn on the, the tracker thing. Um, yeah. Because I am just, I am wary. Like if this was just an Apple thing, I probably would just turn it on. Um, I am wary of Google finding a way. I mean, it's supposed to be mathematically impossible. And if only we had David Latchett on here to explain this to us. Um, I am wary of the fact that this is cross platform and that 
uh, it might not even be Google. It might be a malicious act or a malicious app on Android platforms that's logging these numbers and using a large amount of the data in aggregate to get more information on everybody who is using the uh, the what do you call it the the feature. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just a little bit nervous. I like the idea of being able to turn it on. I like the idea of being able to turn it off. Um, yeah. Which I guess without, with the Australian app, I guess I could be down by switching your Bluetooth on and off. Right. And I, I also realized that like what I'm doing kind of defeats the purpose of, uh, of having the feature. <laughs> Selectively. Uh, yeah. I know what you mean. Well, and I, I, well, I, I guess it defeats both sides. Like on the one hand, if I'm only turning it on when I'm going out, that's the only time it was going to give or receive data anyway. And so like, I'm just limiting it when I'm at home and it couldn't do anything. Um, and on the other hand, David has come into contact with Sarah. David has come into contact. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I wanted, I mean, I did read the NS hipster article. I'm reasonably confident that it's secure. I, it'll be interesting to see how many other people before I enable it, I'm going to be reading some more articles. And, uh, I mean, thankfully it's a white paper. So there's all sorts of people out there trying to figure out like if this is actually secure, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it makes me nervous. There's just been so much government overreach, uh, at like every turn from various States. Um, I I'm kind of upset that we are as locked down as we are right now in Colorado. I think that allowing mm-hmm. gatherings of 10 to 15 people would be reasonable at this stage. Um, and the idea that like 10 people can come to work together, but they can't go to corporate worship together. Uh, that's upsetting um, because we would totally meet uh, as groups of 10, uh, you know, do a couple services each week and, and rotate in and out who, who can be there or whatever. Um, so yeah, I just kind of look at it and I'm like, Oh, another governmenty thing where they're trying to get information. And admittedly, you know, Google and Apple seem to really want to do this the right way. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm just wary. I probably will end up turning it on though. To be honest, as an outsider who's looking at America, uh, America's handling of it early on, I was kind of like, why are they not locking everything down sooner? <laughs> so it's interesting to hear you say, they shouldn't be locking everything down, but I, I hear your point about if there's 10, 10 people allowed to go to work to keep the economy running, why can't 10 people go to church to keep their spiritual life? Right. Um, doing what they feel that they're, you know, doing what they've been commanded to do in scripture. <laughs> like the- Yeah. And I mean, a lot of this, it just needed to be, I mean, the, the federal government isn't really enforcing anything, but like New York needed to go into the lockdown that we, that we've been in for the last month. Like they just needed to, it's very clear from the numbers that they needed to, uh, Mm -hmm. like Wyoming does not need to be in that kind of lockdown. Wyoming could say, let's limit gatherings to 50 people or less. And then if things start to get bad, we can, we can, uh, clamp down on that. Like if I had all this to do over again, and it's, it's obviously a lot easier with, with hindsight. If I had all this to do uh, over again, I just would, would have wanted the rules to be a lot more dynamic in terms of like from state to state, even from city to city, because like Spokane, like where I'm from has like six cases and Seattle has hundreds and Spokane is just as locked down as Seattle. I thought I heard Washington state was one of the worst hit. 
that yeah. not true? Yes, anymore, but not in Spokane because they're clear across the state from each other. They're like, I don't yeah, know, maybe 200 just, miles away. Right. Um, with desert so, in between. Yeah. 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 Um, cause I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I guess I've found it interesting. One, one of the reasons it feels like Australia is doing so well is because we went super cautious pretty early. Mm. Um, so we're doing what you said you didn't want the American government to do. Uh, and it seems to be working. Um, active cases in my state last time I saw was like five or six. Uh, we had two people in a hospital last I heard, zero in ICU. Uh, we've had four deaths, I think it is, in the state that I live in. Um, but Sydney's been hit a lot harder because they've had like they have the whole cruise ship industry that kind of lands in Sydney and things like that. Um, so that's been more of an issue with, I guess, people coming off and then having it. Um, but also it's just a bigger city. There's more people and more population density. Uh, so, but But in general, I think across the board, Australia's numbers seem to be not they're just not blowing out like like america's did and I, I get that it was only in certain states like like new york and um new jersey or whatever um in washington maybe but it's just interesting that australian governments seem to go it's happening like it's starting to ramp up so we're clamping down now in the hopes of the, the whole flattening the curve thing is like an action now to reap the rewards later whereas you're saying you said like with wyoming let's only clamp down if it gets bad, but if it gets bad, that means people are di- like num- quite significant numbers of people are dying. So h- how bad do you, do you, is it okay to then restrict for, do you know what I mean? Well, like how many people die? Do you go, all right, we should restrict because of that. The people who are going to die of coronavirus by and large, un- unless we shut everything down until we have a vaccine, which just doesn't seem tenable. Um, since we're talking, we're still like nine to 18 months out on that. Um, the people who are going to die, unfortunately, they're just, they're going to die and it might take them, it might, it might take them three months or it might take them three weeks or it might take them three years. But the, like this virus is going to get, it's, it's going to hit a lot of people. Um, and the, the goal of the, of the, uh, social distancing and everything has all, has never been to stop them from getting the disease. Obviously, like if you have somebody who's at risk, they should be locked down as tight as they possibly can. Um, mm-hmm. but in terms of like the general society moving, you know, moving about the reason we've put social distancing there is so that we can keep the number of cases in the hospital of people who would get it. It would be serious, but they could recover with care to keep mm-hmm. that number down so that the hospital's always have room to, uh, you know, to help everybody who, who needs it. Um, and so when I say when things start to get bad, I mean, when hospitals start to reach higher, when you start to see the hospitals hit like 10 to 15% higher capacity because of coronavirus cases than they would normally mm-hmm. be at for that time of year, et cetera. Um, yeah. so that's, that's all that I mean. I don't mean we're looking at it and it's like, Oh, well, we don't have places to put the bodies. Like, no, I mean way before that. But like, if you look at Wyoming, there's just not a reason for Wyoming to be in the state that it's in right now. And the, mm-hmm. the frustrating thing on the, on the other side of this is, you know, if, if all things were equal and we could just shut down with no consequences to our economy, to people's lives, to, to, to the worship of God, then like none of this would be that big a deal. Of course, just lock down, lock down, lock down, lock down, lock down. But I have three friends who've lost their jobs. Um, 
And, yeah. uh, you know, I work for a, a web design firm and we've seen businesses that we normally work with just go out of business, um, yeah. which is probably tens, maybe, you know, m- maybe, maybe a hundred people, um, mm-hmm. who now have to find work and the, the repercussions of this are not going to, they're not going to go away quickly. Um, and they are going to be serious. And I mean, we've seen suicide rates spark to where people are now wondering if, uh, if we're going to see as many people die from suicide after losing their job as we are, you know, as we were thinking we were going to see, uh, from COVID-19 itself. So again, like (laughs) I want to be really gracious to our leaders and say, I don't think that I would have made better decisions. I probably would have made worse decisions. Uh, although this is, this varies by state. Some states have been really stupid and like arresting people for going for a walk, um, with a mask. So like, barring that, like what I want to say is that like, I don't know that I could have made better decisions, but I do think we could start doing better now. Like I've, I feel like there's mm-hmm. there. And, and again, this, this gets down to the, the tracking thing and, and, and all of it. Like, I just wish, I wish the government was making decisions faster. And I also wish they were at every point trying to restrict freedoms as little as possible, that that balance mm-hmm. was struck a little better. And this app is just yeah, another sure. one of those, one of those things where I'm like, Oh, but, but freedoms, like we can't just give <laughs> all of those away at once because there's a virus, because if we do that, like it's going to be a long, painful battle getting them back. Yeah. 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 Um, and just one other thing, you know, you mentioned Dr. David Latchett earlier. Uh, he did say in the Slack, cause I sort of consulted the tech channel in the Slack on this, uh, a little while back, a few days ago. And he just wrote back, he posted an article in there that you can go and look up if people are interested. Um, or people can go and look up if they're interested. I can put it and in he, the, uh... he, his comment was, uh, it has nothing to do with privacy concerns. The idea that contact tracing can be done with an app and not human health professionals is just plain dumb. I don't plan to bother with the tracking app. Um, so that was, that was his take on it as at whenever that was. Um, the 4th of May. This is something like that. Oh, 3rd of May. This does get at a, I'm sorry. Did you have thoughts on that? Uh, 2nd of May, whatever it was. No, I don't. I, I thought, I mean, I was like, yeah, okay. Interesting that he, he probably has read more about it than I have. This, um, so this does get at another fundamental problem, which is like, how does the app decide whether or not you've been infected? Like, obviously if a healthcare professional tells you you've been infected, you've been infected. Um, at least we hope. Uh, but the, the idea that like you, you know, how, how accurate is the Bluetooth? Does it know how far away you were from the person? Does it know if you came in physical contact with them? Does it know like all of these things are reduced to a yellow or red flag basically like probably mm-hmm. infected or definitely infected and and definitely infected is can only be issued by by healthcare professionals so one concern mm-hmm. i have with all of this is you know you get the yellow flag and the government starts spot checking cars driving around to see if they have the yellow flag we we need you to give us your phone you know they see on your phone that you have the yellow flag and now you're getting arrested because you know e- even though you know you haven't touched a single soul like your phone is telling you oh well you happened to be within seven feet or whatever the arbitrary distance is of this person's mm-hmm. phone, which may or may not have been on the person at the time. You know, you, you get the idea that like uh, the data is extremely vague and acting on it is, it, it, it might be safe and it might be a good idea, especially if you're high risk, but it also could be like a wild overreaction. Yeah. Yep. 
I don't know. It's something I, I think I need to read more about the Australian app um, in particular and just work out. But I think, like I said, I think I'm sort of slowly coming around to just, well, let's just download. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing you said about like losing our freedoms and then getting them back afterwards um, is kind of still yeah, playing on my mind a little bit. Um, but anyway, I'd, I'd be keen to hear what other people, what the listeners think about this, if it's happening where they're from, uh, I guess a lot of them are from the U S so, um, <laughs> I think we have like we three have, or four Australian listeners. We, I mean, yeah, we have listeners from New Zealand and um, Germany and other places. I think, well, at least we used to. Um, so, uh, Germany other than me, I mean, so, uh, <laughs> that's, that's I a joke s- that people don't s- get on this show. <laughs> I know. Sorry. That's from, that's from, um, d- one of David's other nine podcasts <laughs> that he does. Um, so yes. Anyway, uh, tell us what you think in the Slack in the episode discussion channel. Um, I'd be keen to to hear people's thoughts there. And if you would like to join us on Slack, you can get there by going to slack.techreformation.com. There you will be asked to enter an email and a password, but don't worry, we won't track you. <laughs> uh, and you can also visit our website, techreformation.com. There's something like a hundred and drum roll, please. 95 episodes up there. Um, so you can go and listen to those and just a bit of a teaser. We are planning to have, uh, Ben Rubin back on this show, uh, in the not too distant future, if he can make it. So, uh, there's something to look out for as well. And, uh, we've mentioned this before, but we're still kind of in a state of flux. I think everybody's lives are a little bit crazy now. Um, and not even just because of the, uh, COVID-19 situation, which is why we haven't had a lot of episodes. Um, but we are planning with episode 200 to kind of radically, uh, alter the way that we do these episodes, uh, in the hopes that we can release less frequently, but more consistently. Um, and also change some other things potentially to make it uh, easier to produce. So, Cool, cool. Thanks for... This has been episode 196 of the Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. I ain't looking back. No, no. I ain't looking back. No, no.